sorry. <laughs> I thought I was funny. <laughs> That's all that matters. Anyways, let me, let me talk to you about a few verses in Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8, and, and let's look at verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father, we thank you that your word is true and always relevant. And we thank you that you wrote these words for us. Embed them deep in our heart so that love will always prevail. Speak to us in a powerful way. Lord, move us, I pray, in the next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, these verses that are wrapping up Romans chapter 8, an interesting thought that we saw this morning, that Romans chapter 8 starts off with no condemnation. And it ends with nothing shall separate. And these are parallel truths that we need to grab a hold of because life is uh, harsh and we can be worn down. And he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And I want you to notice very quickly Who shall separate us from the love of who? Help me. Come on, work with me here. You guys are looking like a bunch of Presbyterians. Come on, work with me. The love of Christ. It isn't your love that keeps you connected to Jesus. It's not your love that keeps you from being separated from him. It's the love of Christ that keeps us from being separated. Sometimes our love can be weak. But he said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. You know, there's nothing like the security that Jesus offers us in his love. Because you know what I'm talking about when I talk to you about how it's easy to start out loving someone. Isn't it? Isn't it true? When you first meet, you know, you're dating. I was listening to some stories, you know, some of you guys, the guys at the men's retreat were talking about how they met. And, and uh, I thought, oh, you know, that's neat. That's cool. That's fun. That's fun. Because it's, hey, let's be frank. It's easy to fall in love. You had looking at me like I'm not talking the truth. It is. It's easy to fall in love. I got Vanessa to fall in love with me. It's a miracle. It wasn't that hard. You just, you know, you shower on a regular basis. You keep your hair combed. You know, you you act like, you know, you can talk to her on the phone for hours on end. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You take him dinner. You take him out to dinner. You buy him flowers. You know what I'm talking about. You do all the right stuff. And they fall in love with you. But... Easy to start out loving somebody because you don't know them. But once you get married and you start to learn about them, whoa. Right? Many a woman has been shocked at 
at about week two. Who is this man? What happened to my fiance? You know, because now he can only talk on the phone for about five minutes at the max. And he's very short-tempered about it. He's got things to do, you know. Now listen, here's the thing that's so beautiful about God's love. Is God knows every single detail about you. He knows every single thing about you. And he loves you. And he loves you to the end. John chapter 13 verse number 1 tells us that he loved them to the end. Life can throw some curveballs at you. But Jesus loves till the end. And he says, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? And that word tribulation is an interesting word. It's the Greek lipsis, which has to do with pressure. In, in Greek and Roman culture, they had a, a device that they would use to um, thrash, the, thrash the wheat, to take the, the chaff off of the wheat. And it was called the tribulum. It was a wooden sled with the metal bottom and, and ridges on it. And it would, they would scrape this thing over the wheat to separate the wheat from the, the stock. And he's saying, shall tribulation... Because sometimes life brings you tribulation, does it not? And it feels like, man, why? Have you ever been at the point where you're so distressed, you say, Lord God, how could this be happening? Why is this happening to me? And you're trying to make some kind of logical sense, but because it just feels like there's a metal sled going right over your body. Your whole life is under the pressure. And he says, shall these tribulations, shall these circumstances separate you from the love of God. And he says, no tribulation, no matter how severe, will separate you from Christ's love. In fact, tribulation have, has, have always marked those who are genuine followers of Jesus. And then he goes on and he says, or distress. And distress is a slightly different word than tribulation. It's a compound word that speaks of a narrow space. How many of you have ever been in an MRI machine? Are those the most horrid things in the world? You get in there and they put you on the table. I had to have, when I had my accident at last Christmas, they, they put me in this MRI and they, you know, they strap your arms down and they have my head in this like goofy helmet thing and they're like, don't move. I'm like, don't move what? You know, and you're going in there and I'm like, I'm not even claustrophobic, not even a little bit. And I'm going, and then boom, boom. Boom. I was feeling a little distressed. I was feeling a little hemmed in. And all I wanted it to do was be over. He said, can distress when life starts to squeeze you in, when life starts pressuring, pressing down upon you, can that separate you? Because those are the times we're tempted to think, oh, God doesn't love me. God's angry at me. And he has already said there's no condemnation. So shall distress separate us? Can the distresses of life separate us from his love or persecution? Do you know that persecution has always been the hallmark of the church? It's always been what caused it to grow. Can this persecution, can the people, the desires of people to to present harm 
separate us from the love of God? Do you realize, friends, you know, we can live real comfortable here in America. And, you know, don't, don't get mad at me too bad, okay? Because what I'm going to say is probably going to offend most of you. But we sit here and we whine about how bad our economy is. We do. And I'm not, it's bad. It might get worse. Do you realize that thousands of people are going to give their life for the gospel this year? Who would wish to have it as good as we have it? I'm not minimizing any stress that you feel or any difficulties you're going through. I'm just saying, listen, it could be a whole lot worse. Or famine. Can famine. Hunger is a terrible thing. Whenever we're with the lepers, we meet people, and I mean, they're hungry, haven't eaten. Can that separate us from the love of God? Or nakedness. I mean, to the place where you were so poor, you couldn't even buy any clothes to clothe your body. Roman culture, what they would do sometimes is they would capture somebody and they would strip them naked just to humiliate them. Can that separate you? Can peril? Can the incredible dangers? Paul talked about being shipwrecked and beaten. Can those things separate you? Can the sword? Can death itself? All of these are truly adversaries, but can they separate us from the love? Of God, As it is written, for your sakes, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Encouraging news, isn't it? It's a quote from Psalm, uh, Psalm 44, verse 22. He's saying, listen, we're aliens in this world. We need to expect persecution. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him. Who loved us. In the experiencing of all these things, not evading them, which is what most of us try to do right off. Tribulations, distresses, any famine, anything that comes in our life. What's our first number one reaction? Escape and evade. Right? We want to get away from the problems when they're the very things that God brings into our lives to transform us and conform us into his image. And he said, yet in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. In these, we are super conquerors. Not through human strength or effort of any kind. But by his life. We have his infinite power available to us. And he's bringing all of these things into our lives, not because he's angry at us, not because he's mad at us, because he wants us to experience the fullness of his life. It was at the cross, friends, when we were in sin, that he proved his love for us. And then he says these wonderful words. He says, for I am persuaded. Persuaded is a heart word. To know a Bible truth, you only have to read it. But to be persuaded of it is to know it experientially. God, active involvement in our lives. I am persuaded because I went to the place beyond my ability to control where it was only God and God's power and his ability and his strength. He says, where I am persuaded that God is faithful to all of his promises. And then he gives us the answer to the question. He says that neither life, neither death nor life. Most of us look at death as the great adversary. But Paul didn't look at it. He looked at his gain. 
We know this because our Savior conquered sin and death in rising from the grave so that death is no threat to the believer. But he says, not death, nor even life. Life can bring us tribulations. Life can be cruel. Life can bring distresses and persecution, famine and sword. But he says, neither death nor even all the circumstances of life can separate us from God's love. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. No angel of God, nor any demonic force can separate us from God's love. Nor things present, nor things to come. He said, not with the present circumstances, nor what the future might bring us. None of it. Because he's the God of our circumstances. He says, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Just as those, so there's no doubt, Paul adds, or any created thing. Since God is for us, since God controls everything, then absolutely nothing anywhere will be able to separate us from his love for us in Christ Jesus. Nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. He loves us. Nothing can separate us from that. What can you do but love when you're confronted by a love like this? Once the soul has tasted Christ's love, it can never be satisfied with anything else. His love is eternal. It comes from who he is, love. His love is deep and wide. It spans all of our circumstances. It overwhelms all of our successes and our failures. His love is evidenced by his willingness to leave heaven's glory and humble himself on a cruel criminal cross where he took our sin so he could make us the very righteousness of God in Christ. So what will you do with this love? Will you receive it or ignore it? And he adds these last words at the very end, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember that old country western song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places? I won't sing it. I'll bless you. <laughs> That's America. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in so many faces. Looking for love. but the one who has love is Jesus. It's found in one person, and his name is Jesus. So what do you say to these things? What's your response? Can anything separate you? Take this calm assurance. There is therefore no condemnation. And this Nothing, not your greatest fear, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And because of that love, he is designed and designated that you would be a super conqueror because you're in Christ. You see, for God intends that love should prevail over tribulation and distress.
For love shall prevail over every circumstance, no matter how deep and wide. Would you just receive that love tonight? Father, I thank you so much for the dear folks here at Berean. Lord, we get so focused on our circumstances that we forget that you are a God of love. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts. Sometimes we feel like we lose the feelings of love and we forget that love is not a feeling at all. Love is evidence by what you did for us. So, Lord, we put into your hands all of our distresses and tribulations, persecutions, our fears of every sort, and we hand them to you, and we trust in your love. And Lord, we ask that we might experience what it is to be super conquerors. That love might prevail over every difficulty and every trial. That it might prevail in our relationships, in our lives, because it prevails in you. Lord, we yield ourselves now to you that you might... Live your life through us. And when we feel like we've exhausted all the love we have, that will let you love through us. Lord, take us. Mold us and use us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.